You're listening to the Tron Church Talking Points podcast, a 30-minute conversation in the middle of the week, um, which a few of us just chat over what we've been hearing from God's Word um, on a Sunday. My name is Agnes, and I'm joined today by uh, Willie, who was preaching, and Josh, who was not. And we were in Luke chapter 23, and then Titus 3. Josh, maybe you would kick us off just by what what struck you from that morning sermon on Luke 23? Yeah, um, I, I often find when looking at the, these passages around Easter that um, there's always something I've not really noticed before. Mm. <laughs> so it's it's always good it's always good to return to them. And I, I really I really appreciated uh, Willie's uh, illustration with the um, the different preachers of the Gospels um, a bit. You know. He, Talked about the idiosyncrasies of uh, himself and Edward and Phil, and um, you know it's a bit like the different gospel writers. Um, they've got different ways of teaching about the same thing. Different, um, yeah. That, not not that, contradicting, just not contradicting. different angles and. And, that, and that, that's a really help. That's a really helpful. Way. It's often a question people have about um, the gospel accounts. They seem oh, they seem to have different details. You know, they they must be contradictory. Well, no, it's people with different personalities, different um, particular focuses and interests unpacking the same thing mm-hmm. um, and so to, to perhaps different audiences as well to different audiences and, and so um, well he made that very help, help, helpfully clear about Luke he's very interested in details um, as a doctor very ordered um, and so uh, particularly helpful um, I, I was think, thinking about it afterwards just you know coming up to Easter conversations about what Easter means and all the rest there, there was just lots from what uh, well, he was saying to be really helpful to um, yeah, bring up in conversation with folks, and the fact that it's history explained. So mm. both of those things are both of those things are key. That um, really we're dealing with events in history, and we can't get away from those. It's rooted in that. It's not ethereal. That's just that's a, that's a point that actually has to be made mm. more than perhaps we realise. Mm. Because uh, I remember some years ago, I forget the exact figures now, but I remember being staggered. It was one of these univer- one of these. Uh, Opinion, you know, polls around Easter time, and the question was something like um, uh, asking a question: Do you do you believe that there was a historical person, Jesus of Nazareth? And you know, it was a staggeringly high proportion of people didn't even believe that, hmm. which probably says more about our education system than anything else. But I mean, you can't assume. I mean, it's absolutely extraordinary. I mean, a, a generation ago, nobody would have said that because, you know, it is, as you say, historical fact. Yes. Um, so we, we can jump quite quickly to the explanation of it, which is obviously vitally important. But Luke's point, and yes. I think that's, that's where Luke's determined focus to give a clear historical record from eyewitness accounts carefully ordered, you know, that is a point perhaps we have to first drive home. Uh, yes. With people now more than more than perhaps we sometimes think we do, because it isn't about my truth or what I think. Um, we we don't even get the interpreting of the events for ourselves. He gives us both. This is actually what happened. These people saw it. Yeah, and this is what it means. And this is what it means. Mm-hmm. And so there's no wriggle room there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's that's both a really helpful uh, guard and protection against error because you know it is real history that needs to be dealt with you know so if if there is a well liberal christianity or whatever it is that's trying to push something they need they need to deal with 
the Jesus of history and then also the explanation of the real things that have happened in history. So it's a guard for that, but it's also a very helpful and evangelistic. We're not, we're not dealing with fairy tale land. <laughs> we're dealing with yeah. reality. Mm-hmm. Public event. And as we have a much more uh, cosmopolitan nation nowadays, people with all sorts of different religious backgrounds, not just, uh, you know, atheism and so on, you know, in, in our own city and certainly in our country, many, many Muslims, for example, um, who you know, take Jesus as a prophet and have a great respect for Jesus and, and, and so on. But they are taught that... Um, Jesus didn't really die on the cross, that there was a substitution made and, and these sorts of things. And I think that's where, that's where it's really important to get people to the Bible accounts because, um, well, certainly Muslims do have a, a great respect for, uh, for scriptures and they, they do have a, a respect for the Injil, the Gospels or whatever. They don't, you know, they, obviously they have the Quran as their main thing, but they do have respect for the Gospels. So... Um, but they've probably not read them mm. and they just have a sort of version of Christianity in their mind which is full of all sorts of odd things mm. um, and that's where I think somebody getting somebody to Luke's Gospel who, who, who has a bit of respect for it they'll say well look read this carefully and, and see what he's saying and, and see that it's not the same as what you imagined mm. it might be so I think those historical things are perhaps more important mm. now than, than, than ever before well not than ever before but well, than recently perhaps just need more defending or more asserting yes, yes. than perhaps we would have expected 20 years ago. Yes. Uh, it's not easy, to, it's not difficult to defend because <laughs> it's not just the Bible, but there's, there's just vast areas of history. Um, that, but it's there. That's helpful. You said about Muslims that um, often they'll say when a prophet's mentioned, or all, you know, peace be upon him, and there is a lot of respect, but actually we can use that and talk with them to our advantage. Well, I guess the best way to respect a prophet is by looking at what they actually say. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. And I was, I was speaking to our brother in Pakistan and um, they certainly have, um, you know, many people who are, who are willing to, to read the scripture because they do have a, they do have a, a respect for it. And um, yeah, that's a way in and we should, we should, uh, we should remember that. And, and you, were, you were pointing out the names that are mentioned in this account and the, in yes. the structure. And so when, when you read it, it I think, People who maybe haven't read scripture before will think it'll read a bit like a myth, and it mm-hmm. it simply doesn't. I mean, mm. you know, when you read it, it it, it reads like history, because yeah. it is history. People yeah. who were there who could have said, "Oh no, that's not what I saw," or "I know Joseph, yeah. and that's not what he said." C.S. Lewis has a very uh, famous essay on this uh, called Fernseed and Elephants," and um, you know he's making the point that uh, if you read a gospel and don't realise that this is based on clear reportage then basically it says you haven't really learned yet how to read. Mm. <laughs> and that's coming from a, you know, a literature professor from mm. uh, both Oxford, Cambridge. So that, that's the reality. It, it, it is reported. Luke, Luke sets out to say, I'm reporting events. Mm. But he also says very clearly, as he does it, I'm telling you what the events are about. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why mm-hmm. it's so important for us. This is not our opinion or our interpretation. Mm-hmm. It's the one that's given by, by God's inspiration through, through Luke. And it's a serious message, isn't it, about the reality of punishment, mm. um, yeah. the reality of... And there, there's no avoiding that. It's uh, the reality of, of pardon as well. And I, I think it is good to be reminded that 
that it's history, that it stood the test of time. People have been reading this, believing this, being mm -hmm. saved by this for generations and generations. And we would really be making a mistake to think, I just want to draw back on this because mm -hmm. of this reality very of God's of, punishment. Yeah, we're very afraid of judgment, aren't we? And and you know, you sort of understand that there's a great desire, isn't it, for you hear it often people saying, We need a winsome witness. Uh, well, I take it the most winsome witness this world has ever seen was from the Lord Jesus himself, and he spoke about judgment more than any others. Mm. And, of course, the winsomeness of Jesus' witness put him on the cross. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was killed and hated. <laughs> he was hated and, and killed. So we need to be careful if, 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 if to not to delude ourselves to think a winsome witness is the one that avoids offence and makes mm. people like me. And there's nothing truly kind about that, is there? Yeah, and Jesus' words are, you know, very strong there. The first the first word he has from the cross is, you know, daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, weep for yourselves mm. and your children because judgment is coming. Um, I mean, that is a, it's an astonishing word, isn't it? Mm. Um, and it's a very powerful one. From, yeah, from a man on his way to crucifixion is I'm not the yeah. one who's in trouble here. And that's what, of course, makes his message about forgiveness and about pardon mm. all the more wonderful and all the more extraordinary because it's not that there is no judgment, there's just pardon. It's that judgment is so terrible and real and coming. Nevertheless, mm. even for the chiefs of sinners, um, there is pardon. Mm. And, uh, of course, that's what's, what's illustrated so vividly, mm. vividly by Luke uniquely. Mm. Luke uniquely has this little cameo of the two criminals right at the heart of the passage. You can't miss it. It's right there in the middle. It's a beautiful... So, yeah. I don't like to use the word illustration because it makes it sound like it's a made-up story and it, it, it's not, but it is a beautiful picture. It's maybe better. It's a living illustration. Living illustration um, yeah. of salvation. Um, I've, I've written down from the end of my notes, I think you were quoting someone, Willie, no sinner need despair, but no sinner may presume. Yeah, so Did it was J.C. Right? Ryle. I can't remember the quote exactly, but... He said, you know, one, one sinner was saved and only one, mm. um, so that no one should presume mm. on God. Mm. Um, uh, but one was saved, mm. so that none need despair mm. of the grace of God. And that, that puts it in a nutshell, yeah. doesn't it? And there'll be people, I guess, this Easter, this week, who, are, who in remembering Jesus' words to that real person, mm. will, will find that a real help in not despairing, because they know they're a sinner, mm -hmm. and they don't need to despair. Mm -hmm. And they may, you know, bewail their lack of bringing anything to mm. the Lord. Um, but it's just that, as you said, a perfect illustration of, of grace alone. Mm -hmm. um, that he, he didn't earn, he had no opportunity to mm. earn in any way. He exhibits, real, was given. he exhibits real repentance, doesn't he? Because the one thief is contrasted with the other, mm. the one criminal with the other. And um, real repentance is recognising that, yes, we are justly receiving the due reward for our deeds. In other words, punishment is right and just, mm -hmm. and I am guilty. Um, therefore, uh, he throws himself on Jesus. That's all there is. Nothing mm. that he can do for him. All he can say is, Jesus, remember me, remember me. And mm. um, yeah, he's, he's about to breathe his last. There is nothing he can offer Christ or his church. Mm. Everything is, uh, is coming solely from Jesus to him. And... He receives that wonderful, wonderful promise today, you will be with me in paradise. And that's the extraordinary assurance of the gospel, mm -hmm. isn't it? And there can be nobody uh, excluded from that. I mean, there is a word to a guilty, mm -hmm. proven uh, criminal. Um, 
and uh, yeah, there's great, great grace and great hope, isn't there? It's a fantastic thing for us to hold on to. Go on, Josh. It, it, it was very powerful just moving from, you know, Jesus, remember me, and then straight into communion where we're <laughs> calling yeah. on God to do to the, remember the us. same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And on exactly the same basis. Mm. Yes, and it's, I mean, that is the message of the cross, mm-hmm. and that is the promise of the covenant. You see, uh, God promises and offers, but we must receive, and to receive the grace of God is something you can only do with empty hands. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to have faith, to realize mm-hmm. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. All I can ask is that you should remember me. Was it this sermon where you said that the entrance is low and then we have to humble ourselves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always remember on that one, um, uh, visiting the uh, church in Bethlehem, the church of the, uh, you know, the nativity, where which is reputedly built on the very spot Jesus was born. Well, we've we no idea whether that's anywhere like true, but nevertheless, um, that's where the church is. And the interesting thing is that the, the, the entrance to that church is really, really low. You can't walk into it. You have to bend down and stoop. Um, and... I'll never forget going through there and thinking this is a this is a whether it's meant to be or not this is a wonderful mm-hmm. illustration that to, to, to come and receive uh, the incarnate Christ you you can only come on your knees mm-hmm. um, but it's a wonderful thing because it's not that the bar <laughs> here's the thing about here's the thing about salvation it's not that God ever sets the bar too high but sometimes he sets it too low for people. Mm. In other words, people are not willing to go mm. on their knees. Mm. You, you can't get over it. It's not, a, it's not a bar you have to get over. It's not a bar of achievement. Mm. But in a sense, the low bar of self-humbling is a far harder bar for mm. people to go under. Mm. And, um, but the dying thief did. He had no choice, I suppose. He was an extremist, wasn't mm. he? And yet the other thief on the cross yeah. he had, didn't. had no choice either. And yet yeah. held on to his autonomy. Even yeah. then, yeah, yeah, and it's extraordinary that that is that is what the gospel does. The gospel divides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. a savor of life unto life, and it is a stench of death to others. The same message, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I think we have to be careful about worrying too much about offence or inoffence or all the rest of it, because the, the the message that is the true gospel will be as offensive to the one yeah. as it is beautiful to the other, mm-hmm. and if it's not then it's not the true gospel mm. because it is a double-edged sword. You mm. can't have it any other way. Mm. And the, the, the gospel writers all the time are, are confronting that, that there's two, there's two ways to respond. Yeah. <laughs> like this or like this. Yeah. And there's no other way. Yeah. Um, it's either receiving the Lord Jesus or rejecting him. And we, then, we went then on Sunday, didn't we, from, from that really simple living illustration, the two thieves on the cross, their two responses... Um, to Titus 3, also talking about our our salvation, he saved us. And yet a more detailed um, explanation of that. Um, Josh, what struck you from from Titus 3? Yeah, um, it was just a a very um, straightforward explanation of of the gospel, isn't it? Um, our, Our predicament, but who's... Uh, who's the answer and, and how that happens and it's in a sense it's where, where there's the beautiful picture of um the, the simplicity of um coming to jesus the simplicity of the gospel with, with a thief in a sense paul's giving us the sort of theology behind it the mechanics of it mm-hmm. uh, here and edward has those six steps there's the same simplicity at the heart of it isn't it because he saved uh-huh. us 
is the same statement uh, in the third person as Lord remember me is mm. in the first person. <laughs> Lord save me. Mm. You know, that's, that's the heart of it. It's about what God does. Mm. Uh, it's all about what God does. And it's only about what God does. Um, and at its heart, the gospel is extraordinarily simple. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I do love that old chorus. There's a way back to God from the dark past of sin. There is a door that's open and all may go in. At Calvary's cross is where it begins when you come as a sinner to Jesus. It's just, it's just so simple. He saved us. Lord, remember me. But, but, but I thought it was particularly helpful that um, Edward spelled out six, six things here because it is a very clear passage. Can, we can you just run through those six for anyone who's got their yeah. hands in the dishes and can't look at their Bible at the so, moment? So um, from verses 3 onwards uh, in, uh, in Titus 3, uh, he divided up like this, why we need salvation. In other words, the, the need or the, gra uh, 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 or the, reason. the, or the reason that we need salvation. Need. Well, because we were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves, etc., etc. Not what we like to think we are, uh, but that's the reality. So that's uh, that's the need. But then, um, secondly, was the source of salvation. He uh, saved us. Um, it's all it's all from God. Uh, where is that salvation grounded? Well, He saved us not by works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own uh, mercy. And the process is uh, how salvation is given. It's regeneration by the Spirit and justification. Uh, by grace um, and then it also goes on to talk wonderfully about about the goal of that salvation because it's not just what we're saved from but it's what we're saved for being justified by his grace we might become heirs according to the hope uh, of eternal life um, and then finally it also talks about the evidence um, those who have believed will be devoted to good works and, and that's a theme that comes all the way through Titus that real real faith is visible mm -hmm. um, which of course is what James is talking about as well but all the all Jesus talks about plenty um, so those those six things just neatly give you a, a, a structure to to understand yourself but also to explain to other people mm -hmm. um, some of you will remember that uh, this week so those of you who are there on Wednesday night were, mm -hmm. will, will have met um, Dave Jensen Dave's uh, an Australian he's the um, some, some others in the congregation met his father before Peter Jensen was the once the Archbishop of, uh, of Sydney. He's actually one of our council of reference in the church. But Dave works as an evangelist. He's, a, he's, the, um, uh, he's like Paul. He's in charge of the, the witness ministries, if you like, uh, as we would call it in, in, in his church. Um, and he was talking about uh, he was talking about asking questions to people in evangelism. When you, you often find yourself in a discussion with somebody about some issue, it might be trans rights, or it might be this, that, or the next thing, all sorts of things. Um, but, but he was making the point, which is so important, that we need to get people to the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions he uh, nearly always asks people when he gets into a conversation, he'll say just something like, um, can I just stop there and ask, um, ask what, what, what you think a Christian is, or what makes somebody a Christian? And of course, 99 times out of 100, um, the person has got no idea what a Christian really is or what it's about. And so with a bit of chit-chat there, he gets to saying, well, the Bible actually describes that very differently. Um, how about I show you what the Bible describes about being a Christian? He was talking to going to a passage like Ephesians 2, but this would be a great passage mm -hmm. to do exactly that because 
uh, you say, well, this is, this is what a Christian is. This is, this is why somebody has a need, <laughs> because this is actually what we are by nature. Mm-hmm. But here's what God has done. He has saved us. Mm. And this is what it's based on, and this is how it happens, and this is what it means, and this is what it's Results for, in, yeah. and this is what it looks like. And that's what you don't want happening in the middle of a podcast. Now I've switched my phone off. We'll carry on. So all of the all of those of you who have phones going off in church can feel well, it's, happened to, it's happened to me now as well. Vindicated. That's no excuse, by the way. That's no excuse. Um, so yeah, I I I, I was struck uh, having had that conversation uh, and having had Dave speaking about that during the week. I was struck on Sunday night. What a great passage mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. to put in your little memory box and you know. Or in your Bible, write down those six things Mm -hmm. in the margin, just beside that. Uh, Write it on a little card, put it in your wallet. Memorize it, think about it, just so that if you ever have the opportunity, and I hope you'll have the opportunity lots, uh, to open a Bible with somebody and say, here's a a great passage that explains what what the gospel is or what a Christian is. Um, And I would encourage people to, in fact, I was talking about this after the service with uh, with one of our students. We had a long discussion about, about these things. One of the things I was saying, look, it's fantastic if we can have a handful of passages that we are very confident on, we know well, we can just immediately turn to without thinking um, and trot it all out and say, look, here's, here's this and this and this and this. this that's what it means. Um, I, I really think it's important. I mean, the Bible is enormous and we, we want people to know the whole Bible and know it well. But in the moment when you just are on the spot, I think it's really helpful to have two or three or five, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, and a go-to passage. Go-to passage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For what is a gospel? What is the yeah. gospel? What does it mean to be a Christian, and what is it not? I mean, I, I sometimes find that uh, if I've chatted about a sermon after a sermon with Christian friends, the number of times that comes up, and I'm able to say something about it. We were looking at this in church this week. Yeah. With someone else, but but just having that go-to passage that. Mm. Yeah. I've got tucked away and I know I could open up, Josh. Well, we've, we've got three before us. We've got the, the two from Sunday because I think, I think either either of them are very helpful for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we talked a bit about Titus. Jesus himself explaining what the cross is about, yeah. Precisely in Luke or, or Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. That, growing up, that was always that was always one I had in the, in the back of my head. It was, it was drummed into me and it, it's very clear as well. Our starting place, well, you know, are, are we good? Are we, what kind of, what kind of people are we? Uh, what, what's, what's man really like? All dead in sin, <laughs> belonging to the prince of the power of the air, belonging to Satan, not to God. Um, but <laughs> which is quite offensive. Yeah, you know, if if you say to, if you're having a discussion with somebody and you you know you say, well, how do you think God looks at you? And they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, in the general scheme of I'm things, I'm a lot better yeah. than most people, and you know, a bit worse than some. Um, well, here's how God looks at you. Actually, um, that's a bit of a <laughs> it's a bit of a shocker, isn't mm-hmm. it? But but that's the reality. So. Which is why some will hate it. Yes. And we've, we've got to be ready for that. Yeah, yeah, because the Bible divides, the gospel divides. Actually, and that was another thing that, uh, that we were talking about with, with Dave Jensen. Uh, he was telling us that um, in Australia, for example, the stats are that roughly one in four people will be willing to have a spiritual conversation with you. Three out of four will tell you to, where to go. But, in an Australian uh, accent. In an Australian accent, um, perhaps with a few flowery words. But one will actually be willing to. In Britain, he said it's a bit worse. It's one in five. Mm. But look, what that means is four people will knock you back, but one, one of those five people is willing to have a spiritual conversation. Mm. Now, the question for us is, uh, A, 
Are we going to have the endurance to just keep keep offering and getting knocked back four out of five times? Mm. Not easy, but there will be one. Mm. And when you do get that one, what are you going to do with it? They're willing to have a spiritual conversation. Mm. They have no idea what that means. You yeah. could be talking about meditation. You could be talking about, you could go anywhere. Mm. But what I'm saying, and this is what Dave was, was saying as well, we need to get into the Bible. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and because once we're in the Bible, we are on our home turf. Because mm. here's the great thing. They haven't got a clue. And you are the expert. You actually know. And so you even if to, you don't think you know the Bible, even, terribly, if, you, you even do. if you don't think you do, you, you well, do. you know it a heck of a lot more yeah. than, than they do. But even then, in the moment, you know, it's it's uh, y- y- you want to have somewhere you can comfortably immediately go to, and boom, you're into your little uh, routine. So I really, really do recommend that. Mm. I've said to people that you know over recent years when I've uh, had to do some of these media interviews and that sort of thing, that's how I've prepared. I've had. Two or three things. I haven't known exactly what they're going to ask me, but I've had two or three Bible passage mm. passages in my mind, and I thought I've got to get to one of these. And I've just asked the Lord, please mm. give me a trigger, and uh, I'm waiting for it. And when it comes, I'm in. Off you go. And once I'm in, I just keep talking, mm-hmm. and I'm on my home ground. Then you see, because I know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm not going to. You know, you can get drawn off into all sorts of areas you don't know anything about. And then, you know, you can make a fool of yourself or you can feel vulnerable. You just, you don't know what mm. to do. Get into the Bible. Mm. We're on, A, it's our home turf. And B, it's where we need to be. It's, mm. it's that's how, people, people who are going to come to know the Lord are going to come to know the Lord through his word. Mm-hmm. And having had that opportunity, uh, what would you do next? Well, ah, well, here's the great thing. So you're having a discussion with somebody and, and you're getting into the Bible and then maybe they're having some questions you're, you, you're not quite sure what, how to answer. That's absolutely the wonderful gift because what you say then is, well, I, I, I'm probably not the best person to explain all that, I've, you know, but come to church with me because we've got these guys at church that we actually pay to do this full time. So we pay them to understand the Bible and read the Bible and then teach it on a Sunday and answer these sort of questions. Uh, come along, because uh, we're having this all the time. And, uh, you know, you and I can then chat about it afterwards. But if it's the stuff that you, you've got difficult questions, I'll take you to speak to the preacher and he can answer them. So there, you know, that's a gift for you. And, and so to be clear, if you're bringing anyone to church, Willie would love to answer <laughs> all of their questions. <laughs> I will, and you will, Josh, and anybody, any of the pastors will love to do nothing better than that. Uh, you know, I will answer questions till the cows come home if you bring your friends to church to listen. And even if they're angry and annoyed and, 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 and whatnot, mm. that's what we're here for. And people have come to faith, haven't they? From mm. reading God's word and from coming to church. Yeah. One of my most encouraging things in, in, in just in, in, in recent weeks, a friend of mine who, well, I got to know a couple of years ago now and who's come to faith and it's just been through that. We got into the Bible and I and some other Christians uh, got her into the Bible. She started reading the Bible to her kids started getting an appetite for the bible uh found a church came to faith um and she's now buying bibles for half a scotland i I keep getting texts from her showing me bibles she's bought for other people and 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 telling me about these friends who are now come to faith one of her friends was baptized on sunday and nothing has been has encouraged me more and actually dave jensen said there is he said that you know christians experiencing other people coming to faith and becoming Christians, he says, that is for Christians spiritual heroin. You know, there is no there is no better high 
and it's addictive. And it's addictive. Yeah. Mm. And I guess and if we're put off by one off-putting conversation with somebody, you yeah. know, the one of the one in four or the one in five, and stop there, yeah. um, we're we're going to miss out. Yeah. And we've got to be so 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 we've got to be prepared for those knockbacks, but we've also got to be very careful that we're not so concerned to not offend those four mm. who are always going to knock us back that actually we, mm. we have so little left in our message that the person who does want something thinks we've got nothing to say. Mm-hmm. We've we got to hang out the whole meat so that, um, you know, the, those who are offended by it can be offended by it, but those who are not are going to see, well, actually, there's some substance to this. Yeah. Um, sorry for the vegans and vegetarians, but, you know, I'm an unashamed meat man, so hanging out the meat, is, out the meat. Is, is what we need to do. In other words, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, the, the whole gospel. Don't be, we are on the front foot. Mm. We've got the answers. The Bible is what people need. Um, and so we don't need to be making apologies for it. And uh, the, just thinking a little bit more about the, the, the spiritual heroine or whatever we want to talk about, the, the joy of seeing other people come to faith. Spiritual. Spiritual. All right. So lest, lest there be any avoidance of doubt here, we are not promoting heroin, just in case anybody might have got that wrong. So not promoting heroin. Um, but we are after the, the joy and the high of seeing people come to faith because it, it does two things to us. One... It, it's a tremendous encouragement and you want to do do more but two it also gives us a growing confidence that actually what we believe about god's word is true and actually mm-hmm. it does work and mm-hmm. people come to church does lead people to, to the lord jesus yeah. we, we've seen that in our own church in the past year but but actually the more that happens the more we we mm-hmm. we have confidence in you know these regular everyday and we'd just love we, to see that do. more and more wouldn't yeah. we we'd love to see yeah. more and more people in our midst and it's simple yeah it's not complicated and it doesn't require endless exciting extravagant events and things that was one of the other really encouraging things from dave jensen who's who's at ev church which is a a very very big church uh on the central coast of australia uh thousands of people but it was just wonderful that he was saying look we just don't waste our time on all sorts of events and special things and all the rest we put all our focus on the heart of the matter which is getting people to come to church and come to their life course, uh, which is very similar, I'm sure, to the, the little life course we do, mm. which is a supplement, which allows people to explore things further and ask questions. Everything is focused there. And, and, and his point was that, look, if our people have got a friend or a family member or somebody interested and willing to do something, we want them to bring them there. If we've got 500 different events, all of different things, then what inevitably happens is that people go to the one that looks like the easiest yeah. thing or looks like the most attractive and least offensive. Whereas if you only give them the option of something that's got the gospel with these songs or the gospel with these songs or the gospel at this time or the gospel at that time, they come to the thing that's got the gospel. And, um, and that's what we, we're trying to do with Easter weekend. We, the gospel and the people of God gathered exactly. together. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, that's In the di- presence of that's God. That's dynamite, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And the gospel with, with depth and clarity so you know it's not a oh, i'm just going to tag on a minute or two about it but actually we're going to spend some some, some real time getting into yeah the and it's a lot less like sneaky seeming well it is yeah, well, we want to be absolutely up front. Thing. yeah, yeah. It, come and do this course it's all about jesus it's all about the teaching it's all about what, what the gospel is it's all about what being a christian's about mm. rather than you know come and see my pictures and oh well you know we're christians so we might sort of say something at the end mm. Mm. I think uh, it reminds me of a, a quote. I think it's from Spurgeon, and it was around the context of um, you know defending the Bible in terms of apologetics. But he said, "His point is, we don't need to defend. It's a lion. You don't need to defend a lion. You need yeah. to unleash it. You need to let right. it do its work." Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, a, gr- a growing confidence in getting people into the Bible and into church with the Bible unpacked. And nothing, nothing grows that confidence like seeing people mm-hmm. uh, coming to faith through mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. Devoured by the lion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, think well, that, it, I think it was Spurgeon, but you can attribute anything to Spurgeon. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, that's brilliant, is. isn't it? That's just a great encouragement as we think about our Easter weekend services, Good Friday services, um, and uh, Easter Sunday services to be to be inviting our friends along and letting them letting them hear um, Paul, not the apostle, but the Brennan, um, is preaching uh, from Mark's gospel. Well, Mark preaching, Paul preaching, Mark's preaching, and Willie, you're preaching from Luke. Yeah. Again. So we've got Mark on the cross and the resurrection uh, from uh, on Friday evening and Sunday evening. We've got Luke on the cross and the resurrection. We've had the cross. We have the resurrection mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Yeah, two different, two different preachers preaching the same message. So as you're getting ahead and preparing for mm. those services, do do read the crucifixion and resurrection accounts um, uh, in those gospels, and uh, we'll look forward to joining you again in a subsequent podcast. Mm-hmm.